It's the bottom line on News Radio 610, KONA. From the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down, break it all down the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. With your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. And a good Tuesday afternoon. Welcome into the bottom line. News Radio 610 K1A. 547-1610 is our phone number. You can also reach us via email. 610-K1A.com. The bottom line page. Your name where you're listening. What you would like to say. We're on Twitter at bottom line 610. Facebook at the bottom line 610. Our free mobile app is also available for use at the Google Play and the Apple stores. I'm Rob Francis. He's Ed Dawson. We do have a a message from our free mobile app we're going to get to in just a minute. A couple things off the top, though. Uh, Coming up in the next hour, we are going to talk with C. Davis, who is one of the uh, organizers behind the recall petition for Governor Jay Inslee. So we'll talk with Mr. Mr. Davis in the 4 o'clock hour. And also today, Ed, 41 years ago, a huge event in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, over the course of the program, if you would like to weigh in, share your memories of the Mount St. Helens explosion, we would be more than happy to hear them. Um, but a very interesting article that I would point people to read that was published last year, last May, in National Geographic about Mount St. Helens, uh, talks about the oddity that is Mount St. Helens, that it really isn't where it's supposed to be as far as the Cascadia chain and different things like that, and that it is a a non-traditional type of volcano. Um, It doesn't follow the textbook picture of a peak sitting above molten rock But a lot of interesting stuff uh, on Mount St. Helens in this article. And it is is still the most deadly volcanic explosion in United States history. And it is still considered to be, believe it or not, the most active volcano in the United States. As, uh, what was it, a few years back, Mount St. Helens had, had a little burp. Yeah, burp. That's, a burp. What, that's what the technical term is. Yes, I believe it was considered a uh, natural belch. Well, I mean, think about it. All the pressure that's built up underneath the surface, um, if you don't belch every once in a while, you get the massive explosion that happened many years ago. 41 years ago, actually, to be exact. Yep. 41 years ago today... Um, Mount St. Helens blue, uh, depending on the estimates that you read, I've, I've seen a number of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, there have been a number of different, uh, things released regarding the cost of the damage. I've seen anywhere from 1 billion to $3 billion dollars in damage that was done as a result of the Mount St. Helens explosion. And by the way, that was in 1980. Right. So $1 billion to $3 billion, somewhere in that range, eh, 41 years ago. Well, not to mention, obviously, the human cost. 57 people yep. died. Uh, the environmental cost, I mean, 
if you saw any of the aerial footage right afterwards, the aftermath, just massive amounts of huge trees just knocked over like toothpicks. It took a long time for those trees to, you know, to get back into the ecosystem, not those exact trees, but, you know, to, to replace that in the ecosystem. It was incredibly devastating on many fronts. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, fellas, this is Mike. Hi, Mike. What's happening? You tell us, man. Well, it's an overused term, but I remember it like it was yesterday. And in this particular instance, it fits well. Uh, my brother and I were riding motorcycles out in North Richland, and there wasn't anything out there. There's all kinds of houses and apartments and whatever. And we looked up, and we could see this cloud come in. And I told my brother that I thought the world was ending. So we took our motorcycles, leaned them up against the truck, and we crawled underneath the truck just in case there was going to be big rocks and stuff falling out of the sky. And we laid on our bellies under the truck for hours and hours and hours and just watched this ash accumulate. I mean, it was it was eerie, really eerie. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Thanks for the call, Mike. Appreciate it. Anybody else wants to weigh in on their memories of 41 years ago today, the uh, explosion of Mount St. Helens? I know yesterday the Washington State Patrol shared a picture uh, on social media of their former chief the day before oh, right. the day before the explosion. Their former chief trying a last ditch effort to convince Harry Truman, not the president, not the president. He had been he had long since passed uh, to convince Harry Truman, the owner of the Spirit Lake Lodge, to leave, uh, and it was as we all know unsuccessful. Um, you know, I was not here. I was still, uh, well, I was in second grade, I believe, at that time uh, in 1980 when everything happened with Mount St. Helens. No, I'm sorry. I was in fourth grade. I was in fourth grade when it happened. Um, Well, I mean, this this wasn't just a Washington State or Northwest story. This was a national story because... You know, yes, there are volcanoes that erupt all the time on Hawaii and in Alaska, actually, too. But in the lower 48, you don't hear about that all that often. And because of the devastation, I mean, that ash and smoke stretched across a large swath of the United States and in southern Canada, too. But uh, it it was incredibly impactful for a large chunk of the country. Where I was, it was seeing the footage on television um, of the explosion. It was reading the accounts. Um, and then I remember being fascinated by the movie that starred Art Carney mm. as Harry Truman Yeah, uh, about Mount St. Helens. And I mean that was the that was pretty much we didn't get any ash in Pennsylvania, uh, so for us it was it was the newspaper stories it was the uh, television accounts and then the movie. So um, those those were what I what I got. But as I when I moved out here 
and the anniversaries would come, oh, yeah, inundated with stories from people. Um, how even some couldn't use their air conditioners because, no. the, because the ash would get pulled in yeah. and it would jam up the air conditioners and would, would clog the filters. And so mm-hmm. it was basically you shut your doors, you shut your windows, you turned off your air conditioner, and you just turned a fan on inside the house. Well, for those that may remember uh, a couple of years ago, not that, um, what, two years ago maybe, we had really, really, really bad smoky air day after day after day. Yeah, for um, Because of all the wildfires. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was bad enough, but having, you know, ash, you know, having the the air with more mass <laughs> to it than, than even with the smoke, um, you know, that's that's really unbelievable. I wasn't living here at the time either. I have, uh, well, had at the time family uh, that lived in Ephrata. Uh, a number of family members that lived in the Ephrata area, Moses Lake Ephrata. And they would tell stories about it. They they sent me a small vial of the, of the ash, too, oh, wow. that, that landed in their front yard. Do you still have it? I do. Uh, don't ask cool. me to produce it right at the moment because mm. I don't know. But it's in a. I'm sure it's in a safe place that I can't think of right now. Uh, <laughs> that's how safe it is. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Steve. Hi, Steve. I live in Kentwick at the time, getting ready to go float the Yakima River at Horn Rapids when the explosion happened. And as I was leaving Kennewick headed for Richland, you could see that really dark ribbon on the edge of the sky. When I got over to Richland and went to a friend's house, he just heard on the TV that the mountain had blown. And we were watching people come out on their porches and their curlers and nightgowns and all that, checking out what was going on. And we started driving around and he was hollering out the window, repent, the end is near. And we drove on out to Horn Rapids. You couldn't see your way down the road. I mean, you couldn't see one stripe at a time. And we got out there, and it was so dark that you basically couldn't see to get out of the car and uh, and walk down there. The Indians were fishing on their scaffolds, or had been, and they were all off the river. And you couldn't see across the river to the watermaster's uh, streetlight on the, on the side of his trailer out there. But it was pretty wicked, dude. The, I was... Basically, in the parking lot of a, of a of a Richland apartment unit that got the picture that has been shown many times of a, of the sky looking like you're. I kind of always said it looked like you were looking up from a pot of dumplings, uh, looking up at the clouds. It was just really weird, and eerie looking. Thanks but for it was the quite a day. Thanks for the call, Steve. Appreciate you sharing with us. Uh, you know that that one thing that Steve said that that dark ribbon. Yeah. I couldn't imagine seeing that, and, and and what the first thoughts going through my mind would be if you just saw something that ominous coming in your direction. Speak your piece. Call five zero nine. More of the bottom line presented by Summit Funding and Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610 KONA.
Back in the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA 547-1610. If you'd like to get involved in the program, CBD American Shaman across from the Grain Elevator on Clearwater in Kennewick, 100% all-natural CBD products, backed with a 100% 30-day money-back guarantee. If you're looking for you, you're looking for a friend, you're looking for a gift, even if you're looking for your pets, 100% all-natural CBD products at CBD American Shaman across from the Grain Elevator on Clearwater in Kennewick, chatting a little bit about the 41st anniversary of the explosion, Mount St. Helens, the deadliest volcanic eruption in United States history, and Mount St. Helens still considered to be the most active volcano in the United States. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, I was 35 miles from the side of the mountain when it blew, if you'll allow me to talk. Go ahead, Bernie. You're oh. talking. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, my daughter uh, lived up there at that time, a little town uh, east of Morton over White Pass Highway. And I was visiting her, and I said, I don't like it up here. What do you think? Well, she was not quite a teenager, and the, the mountain blew. We heard it. Lightning, thunder, the sky got dark in a few minutes, and it was raining mud. It was really, uh, we thought the world was coming to end. We, we, sorry, uh, we couldn't make it, we thought, but we made it out of there through the mud and the sky and the lightning and the thunder and everything like that. And three weeks later, I went back up there to look at things, and the highways were the whole town was just a dust bowl that looked like dirty snow. And uh, uh, that's about all I can say at this point. Sorry. Appreciate you calling and sharing with us. Thank you very much. 547-1610. If you have any memories of 41 years ago today, the impact the explosion of Mount St. Helens had on you. 547-1610. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610-KONA. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is John from Pasco. What's up, John? And oh, nothing. I just, I, uh, you know, I this this I remember this every year just because it was I was in uh, Richland and um, I remember we just got out of church. It was early morning and we didn't know what was going on. My dad didn't, but you know, it, it it's I mean everything about it. For instance, I know that it got dark enough in Yakima where my aunt was that my mom was concerned. You know, called and I remember watching that on the news. That if I remember right, the streetlights were out or were on because it was so dark for a little while, and it was just like, you know, I experienced the eclipse in I think second grade, also, you know, where everything was dark for a little while. So I it didn't freak me out too bad, but it was just I, I wanted to. I wish somebody would have videotaped it because, you know, in 1980, I know there wasn't sound on video cameras, but you could have videotaped it. I didn't understand the still pictures, but to hear and see that much large mass slide down a mountain and displace Spirit Lake like it did. It was like, you know, because when you watch the still pictures and see that go down so dramatically of that, just such a landslide, um, I don't think you'll ever see something that large ever again. And I, I, as, I mean, it got me into loving nature when I was eight years old. Not the death, but the destruction was like, Oh, I want to know more. I want to learn about hurricanes and tornadoes. And it was just, it was massively impressive. Thanks. And, um, 
Thanks for the call, John. We appreciate you chiming in. We got a number of other calls coming in. Five four seven one six ten. You're up on the bottom line. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is Sean. I was uh, nine going on ten, and uh, we were in the church in church at, at Sunday school, and we were talking about what the end of the world was going to look like. And then we went to church, and I kept watching out the stained glass windows, and it kept getting darker and darker and darker. And I was going, oh, my gosh, it's the end of the world. I said, well, this is the best place to die is in church. So that's where I was when it was when it happened. Appreciate the call. Thanks for sharing, Sean. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610-KONA. Your name, where are you calling from? Hi, this is Walt from Benton City. What's going on, Governor? It's it's just so hard to believe that it's that much time has passed since that event. But I remember I was working over in Snohomish. We were doing a quarry blast on Sunday that day. And it, we had just shot that quarry blast just before the mountain blew. And we heard that mountain blow in kind of two singular uh, blasts. And I thought to myself, that's either one heck of an echo or somebody else is doing a lot of blasting at the same time we are. It was really, really astounding because I had no way of knowing that the mountain had blown, and I didn't find out until about 5 o'clock that afternoon when when I went home. But it was really interesting. Thanks for the call, Walt. Appreciate you sharing. 547-1610, you're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 k This is Max from Kennewick. What's up, Max? I was working at a hospital in Yakima on a Sunday one of the older women I worked with came down to our work area and said, there's a weird cloud up to the west, uh, maybe the mountain blue. And I looked at her and thought, yeah, right. Well, she was right. And uh, the things I remember were by 3 o'clock in the afternoon, it was totally dark. And you could hear the birds sing, but it was raining ash, and it smelled like sulfur. Uh, the funniest story I heard was one of the doctor's wife, who was from the east, freaked out, made him jump in the car and start driving towards Spokane. The car got plugged up with ash, conked out in Moses Lake. They closed the road between Ellensburg and Yakima, and they had to spend like two weeks in a motel in Moses Lake. So it was quite an experience. Thanks. Appreciate the call, Max. Thanks for sharing. we got to take a time out. We're getting really close to a break here. But uh, anyone else who wants to continue to call and share uh, their thoughts, their experience from 41 years ago today, Mount St. Helens exploded, becoming the deadliest volcanic explosion in United States history. Took out the side of the mountain, took out Spirit Lake, Spirit Lake Lodge. In fact, it's only been within the last few years that that area, that Spirit Lake area, has reopened. That people have been able to take advantage of of the beauty that once was, that now, after, I think it was 35, 36 years after, was able to finally be reopened for people to be able to use again. Back with more of the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA 547 1610 is the number. 
610k1a.com, bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, what you would like to say. Hit us up through email and the free mobile app through the Google Play and the Apple stores. The bottom line, the only place that cares what you think. Call in now, 509-547-1610. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Our number is 547-1610. Perfection Tire, four locations here in the Tri-Cities. Ready and waiting to serve you for 59 years they've been in this community. Started on Columbia Center Boulevard. Three stores have opened alongside that store. Other locations in the Tri-Cities. And the way they've maintained is through great customer service and incredible service in general. Huge selection of tires for every make and model of vehicle in town. Check out their website, PerfectionTires.com, to see that selection and all of the services that they provide. Perfection Tire, waiting to serve you. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A. Thanks for your patience. What's your name? Where are you calling from? And this is Mary from Kennewick. How are you, Mary? I am good. Those are memories. I was visiting Seattle. My parents lived in Seattle, and I was living in Tyaton, a little community um, northwest of Yakima. And we were stuck over there. I, I thought I had to be work on to work on Monday, but when I called, no, school was canceled. So we spent the whole day going down I-5 towards Portland to come up Sadus. And you could see there wasn't, you really weren't rubbernecking because it was stop and go the whole way because they were stopping us at all the bridges to make sure it was clear to go across that there wasn't a log jam coming down. So we were way backed up. And when we got into Yakima, it was just dark. All the lights were, street lights were on and, and there was just not a sound. It was just quiet. And um, when I jumped out of the car up in Tyaton, it was just poof of ash just surrounded you. And the next day, Tuesday, I had to go to school, and we had to put um, our pantyhose over our radiators so we could um, not get all the ash in our cars and stuff as we drove. And, boy, did we distance because the car in front of you just pushed up just a huge amount of ash, and you had to really follow far behind if you wanted to see anything. So it was just it was just amazing, and we never thought the sun was going to come out again, but finally it did. And and we had problems all summer. We had um, slides up that would you know, hurt the irrigation system, and people had to go up and clear it of ash and stuff it, all summer long. It was just crazy. Anyway, thank you. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Mary. We got an email from Roberta in Pasco. Said, I lived in Winona, Washington at the time. My siblings and I were outside working in the garden and mowing the lawn. I remember watching the pitch black rolling up over the hill behind our house. We were outside when the ash started falling. We got six feet of ash in town. We couldn't drive anywhere. The birds stopped singing. All the flying insects went into hiding. School was canceled for the rest of the year. Thanks for the email, Roberta. We appreciate it very much. 547-1610, if you want to get involved, you can send us an email as well. Just discussing memories, thoughts from 41 years ago today when Mount St. Helens exploded and, well, changed a lot of things. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 K&A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, John from Richland. What's up, John? 
Well, um, I was living in the basin area when uh, the mountain blew, but uh, shortly thereafter, um, we moved to uh, Portland, and I worked for a company that uh, had plants located out here in the basin, and I'd often, for, for work, business, would fly out on the company plane uh, to, the, to this area. Well, when the plane would leave Portland, oftentimes if they had um, customers on the plane, the pilot would actually take the plane down inside the crater of Mount St. Helen and bank and fly all the way around it uh, and first, of course, starting, would, you would see over, you know, at a higher altitude, the whole devastation, which I remember these trees just being just blown down literally in one direction. It was almost like the, the trees were pointing uh, with this force. And then, you'd, of course, everything was covered with ash, and there was still steam coming out of the uh, center of the crater. And we would fly, literally fly down inside that thing. Um, and it was just like... It was just like a whole different world. Um, of course, after a while, I, like I say, traveled back and forth. Uh, I got kind of tired of it. And actually, I, I was always thinking, geez, is this going to be where, you know, this, is this plane really going to be able to make it? Or are we going to have a, you know, is this thing going to crash here? And, you know, you, <laughs> whatever. So I would often check and see if customers were going to come on the plane. If they were, I would sometimes postpone my uh, my travel and go on a day they weren't. So they wish they wouldn't go inside. But um, anyway, that's that's my uh, remembrance of it way back then. Appreciate the call, John. Thanks very much for sharing. Five four seven one six ten. If you would like to, you can also shoot us an email. Six ten k one a dot com bottom line page. You're up on the show. What's your name? Where are you calling from? My name's Shelley, and I'm in Kennewick. What's on your mind, Shelly? And uh, regarding the big blow, I was actually vacationing in California on a houseboat on Lake Shasta. We did not see it, but we could hear it, and we had no clue what had happened until, you know, the next day. So it was crazy because we really had no idea that we would hear something that far away. Well, let me ask you, what, what does something like that sound like? It was just this huge boom. I mean, you know, kind of like a thunderstorm coming in, but there was nothing there. I mean, we had beautiful blue sky. That's so incredible. It, it just was really strange. That's incredible. Thanks very much for calling and sharing. We appreciate it. Five four seven one six ten. if you want to get involved with me. Something of that magnitude. I mean, like, all right, I've lived through hurricanes. I, I've had hurricanes, you know, came through the East Coast when I when I lived there. You know, used to the wind, used to that kind of rain. Not, did, we weren't, we never were hit with the eye. But when people talk about hurricanes, I can relate. When someone talks about the sound of a volcanic explosion. It fascinates me to 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 hear what something like that would sound like. I mean, the only thing I can think of, you know. She mentioned a loud boom. The only thing I could think of is something like a sonic boom or something that's so loud that it just, it's nothing like you've ever heard. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Betty from Richland. What's on your mind, Betty? I was living in Richland at the time that exploded, and I'd stopped at my mother's workplace to see if she needed any groceries. We heard the explosion where she was working, and we just thought it was a sonic boom, like you say. That's what it sounded like. And when I got home, she called me, and she said, remember that boom? 
that was St. Helens blowing up. And I thought, okay, that, that answered that. I mean, it was really, really noticeable here in Richland, at least to me. Wow. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. You're up on the bottom line. What's your name? Where are you calling from? All right. Give us a call back, 547-1610, if you would like to get involved. Like I said, I was not here. Um, all of my information about the volcanic eruption came from television, newspapers, and a year later with the made-for-HBO movie starring Art Carney as Harry Truman. I've I've lived through tornadoes in my day, and um, the sound is similar to a very large locomotive train uh, that is getting closer and closer. It's It's that kind of a sound, but yeah, it's... Nature is crazy. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is David. I'm calling from Kennewick. Hi, David. What's mind, up? David. Uh, yeah, uh, I was uh, stationed at Fairchild when this happened. And uh, that that particular day, we had open house. It was a Memorial Day celebration. It had all kind of airplanes and festivities going on. So uh, that morning, I had heard the, heard the boom. But I attributed it to a uh, sonic boom because that's what it sounded like. And I'd been around airplanes for 19 years, so I pretty much knew what sonic boom was. I said, oh, well. So I took the family out, and we went uh, over. We were living on base, and we went over to flight line and started looking at airplanes and stuff. And about a half hour later, they started chasing us away. And I was watching uh, some of the crews and uh, for these different aircraft, and they were all hustling to their airplanes ready to get the heck out of Dodge. <laughs> it was quite a quite a quite a mess, and uh, it was quite interesting. We got back to the house and just in time to catch all the ash falling down and stuff. And like everybody says, it, it turned dark. My God, it turned dark. It was uh, you swear it was nighttime, but uh, we lived through it. And then uh, what was interesting, if uh, you can recall, afterwards, oh, a few weeks later, people were gathering the uh, ash and keeping it for souvenirs, and uh, a couple of companies were making beads out of them for jewelry. Well, that's my story. Appreciate the call. Thanks very much for sharing. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KNA. What's your name? Where are you calling from? All right, give us a shout back. Five four seven one six ten. If you would like to get involved, you're up on the show. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, it's HVAC. I just, uh, yeah, I definitely wasn't alive for it, but I can. Uh, my mom was a senior in high school when it happened, but uh, I can remember when I was a little kid, we'd be, you know, playing around in the garden and stuff where I'm from, and from up in the North Spokane area, and uh, we'd be digging up that ash. And me and my cousin, one of my younger cousins, we uh, we probably had, I don't know, I'd say about thirty mason jars, thinking that we we were gonna say that ash was gonna be. Just, millionaires when we were younger man we had so many of that we thought it was like the most amazing thing we're like oh we're gonna get so rich because we collected all this mount st helen's ash that's all i got for it but yeah have a good day guys <laughs> you too thanks for the call now he can fund his uh gubernatorial yeah, campaign, campaign yeah for governor but, but think about it as a kid you're like oh, oh my yeah. god we can't believe we found this i know this has got to be worth something uh, yeah right how many Absolutely. times have you went when you were little digging for something and you find something and you go, Oh my God, I got to keep this. It's buried uh, yeah. underground. Yeah. Quartz, I found treasure or, you know, something quartz crystal ish and like, oh, yeah. worth nothing. Anyway, I digress back to the calls. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Uh, this Lance from Pasco. Hi Lance. Uh, I was, 
I was in uh, Spokane uh, with the family, and uh, your guy that just called in about the Air Force deal, uh, we went up for the Lilac Day Parade. Uh, we were in, my brother and I were in band, and uh, we were actually going out to the uh, open house, and uh, all these cars are going the other way, and you can see this, you know, cloud coming, and finally it's like, well, we better turn on the radio, and uh, that's when we found out what had happened, and uh, we ended up being there for about four days until we got back home. We we lived in Othello, and uh, you know then it was a mess, and that was the end of school too. So, uh, lots of memories about it. <clears throat> Appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Let's go to this line. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is David in Pasco. Hi, David. How you doing? Doing all right. What do you remember? Uh, I was a kid coming out of out of church in Grandview, Washington, and the thing that I remember the most was that the the ash cloud, as it was, as you looked west, you know, towards Yakima, the ash cloud was the the line kind of was more or less straight overhead to the north, black looked like heck, and to the south, just beautiful blue sky. And was really interesting was that the seagulls or just white birds that were flying in that general direction like towards that cloud they were lit up just like stars in the sky it was the weirdest looking thing and uh amazing amazing purple lightning in that cloud so pretty cool stuff Hmm. appreciate the call thanks a lot we got an email from bruce and kennewick when i was 15 i was visiting relatives in eagle creek oregon their living room picture window was mount st helens we saw it go just seconds after it blew and watched it go up and up then I realized I might not get back to Richland that night. Mm. Thanks for the email, Bruce. Appreciate it. That would have had to have been a sight. Yeah. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 K1A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, my name's Don, calling from Hermison. What's up, Don? I was I was up there in Anchorage, Alaska, sold everything I owned. I had everything I owned on my back in bags and was sitting in the Alaska International Airport and uh had already bought a ticket earlier, and I was watching the, all the flights cancel one at a time, one at a time. I was like, what the heck's going on? I go up to the counter and say, you know, I see Portland come up, and that's where I was going. And they well, there's a volcano, a mountain blew up in the state of Washington. I have no way. Well, what's really going on? No, that's what happened. I had no idea anything like that was going on. Meanwhile, I had to find a place to live for a few weeks until uh, the airlines open back up. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it very much, Don. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, Lori, and I'm calling from Kennewick. What's up, Lori? Uh, I just wanted to say that I actually still have two mason jars full of um, St. Helens ash. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. It's amazing how when, when, when you when you live somewhere deeply affected by something like this, you, you look for something, some type of memento, something mm-hmm. that you have to to commemorate the event or so that you know that you could say kind of an I was there kind of thing. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio six ten K and A, what's your name? Where are you calling from? I'm Dan, I'm from Moses Lake. What's up, Dan? And uh yeah, that morning when it blew up, I was actually getting ready to go out for a jog. I seen the Heard the boom and then seen the clouds coming over, and uh, we wound up with 6 to 12 inches of ash 
all over Moses Lake. And uh, by 4.30 in the afternoon, we were pitch black, had lightning storms because of the clouds and whatnot. And uh, we lost all of our police cars up there in Moses Lake. And we actually had to borrow them from Kennewick because the ash just destroyed everybody's motors and that. That's what I've got to say about it. Appreciate the call. Got to take a time out, 547-1610, 509-547-1610. Got a few more minutes left in this hour getting uh, your thoughts on this 41st anniversary of the explosion and eruption of Mount St. Helens. Back with more after this. Can't get in by phone? Give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the bottom lines page at 610kona.com. Back to the bottom line with Rob and Ed, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610 KONA. Bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. One of your group one, 72soldtricities.com. If you're putting your house on the market, this is the program you want to be in. Each weekend, multiple offers, multiple people viewing. More often than not, the seller is getting thousands of dollars more than what their original asking price is. The market is hot. Put your home in the program that could get you the most return for your home. 72soldtricities.com. Talk to the experienced realtors with Windermere Group One today. Get your home on the market. Don't leave offers and don't leave money on the table. 547 If you want to get involved, we're going to shoot an email. Uh, your direction from Louise in Richland. I was in Richland when it blew. My brother was in Spokane. Late in the afternoon, the clouds and ash were coming that way. He called me and asked what blew up at Hanford. I told him Mount St. Helens blew earlier that day. Mm. What blew up at Hanford? Yeah. Interesting. Clouds and ash. What blew up at Hanford? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, well, it wouldn't have been if that would have been no, the case. No, but... no, 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 no. This is would. This would there would probably still be some fencing around the area if there, if Hanford blew at that point in time. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio six ten K one A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? I'm Helen, and I'm calling from the Walla Walla Valley. How are you, Helen? At the, I am great. It's a beautiful day. A little it breezy, is. but um, I lived in Kalispell, Montana, at the time that Mount St. Helens blew, and. It was interesting to me. My parents, I had grown up on a farm just north of Pasco. My parents had less ash than we did in Kalispell, Montana, 600 miles away. Wow. Appreciate the call. Wow. That, that was, you know, that was the line. I mean, certainly Yakima probably bore the brunt of it. Um, Moses Lake. Not that far behind. Like I said, I had I had tons of family lived in Ephrata. They got blasted. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of up on the plateau. You know, we're down instead to, of the basin. Instead of the the yeah, instead of uh, our basin. Yeah, some got here. Sure, it did, but most of it stayed up on the higher elevations, the Moses Lake, Ritzville, Spokane, and then eastward into northern Idaho, western Montana. And then it started to dissipate a bit. Once, uh, you know, once it got over the Rockies, you know, there were still some, but, yeah. you know, most of it was between Yakima and the Rocky Mountains. So, uh, yeah, it's that's that's not that's not surprising, uh, given, you know, the location and the and the trajectory and the and certainly the wind flow that day. 
Interesting stuff, though. I loved hearing everybody's stories. Oh gosh, you know? yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, all the all the from all and from different places too. Yes, from Oregon, from Montana, mm-hmm. from I mean, you know, Tri Cities, other areas of Washington State. But you know, I think that we what we need to do, Ed, is we need to make sure that we we take this information. We need to get this information to the governor. Oh, because he obviously needs to take action against Mount St. Helens for its pollution into the climate and it's in its its role yes. in in climate change and speeding up the process tax the hell out of it he needs to tax the mountain he really does he needs to tax mount st helens for all of the pollution and all of the carbon that it's released into our atmosphere all 41 years later we still feel it at the very least he needs to stand at the base of mount st helens and just give it a firm talking to just scream at the mountain i think what he should do is scale the mountain and then to prevent any further explosions <laughs> well you know <laughs>